Hello, and welcome to today's Ask the Expert presentation. I'm Cooper Frame, Senior Marketing Director at Align Technology. Today, we're excited to be sharing information about the latest clinical innovation from Invisalign, SmartTrack Aligner Material. Over the past four to five years, Invisalign has continued to invest heavily in research and development to create innovations that are engineered to deliver the clinical results that you and your patients expect. Through innovations like Invisalign G3 and Invisalign G4, Align has continued to advance the science of clear aligner therapy. Today, we're excited to be sharing information about the latest breakthrough from Invisalign, SmartTrack aligner material. Joining us today are John Morton, Director of Research and Development at Align Technology, and Dr. Clark Colville. Dr. Colville is in private orthodontic practice in Seguin, Texas, and is an assistant clinical professor in the Department of Orthodontics at the University of Texas, Houston. Dr. Colville is also a member of the Invisalign Speakers Bureau and the Align Technology Clinical Advisory Board. For today's presentation, John Morton will kick us off by introducing the new SmartTrack aligner material. Then Dr. Colville will be sharing his clinical experience treating patients in his practice with the SmartTrack material. Finally, John Morton will close the presentation portion of the program by discussing new enhancements to SmartForce features that were previously introduced with Invisalign G4. And with that, I'm pleased to turn the floor over to John Morton. John? Thank you for the introduction, Cooper. I'm delighted to be here today to talk about the SmartTrack aligner material. SmartTrack aligner material was developed using the principles of biomechanics, very similar to those mechanics that we use developing G3 and G4 features. I'd like to start by talking about what the fundamental of biomechanics is, and then we'll proceed into material science as to what are the material properties required for inorthodontic appliance and how SmartTrack measures up against those. So the fundamental principle of biomechanics is that you have a desired tooth movement which you wish to accomplish. You must first determine the force system that needs to be applied to the tooth, and then you can design the appliance. This is the principle that we use to design the G3 and G4 features. Knowing the force system, you can then design the appliance. This is how the smart track material was developed as well. We understand the force systems we need to apply. We then develop a material which has the best of properties optimized properties to develop those force systems. Another thing that we need to recognize is that the force system is not specifically a mechanical force system to apply to a rigid body. It is a biological system that we are looking to get a reaction from. So to elicit the biological reaction, we have a specific amount of force we need to apply and the moments of those forces. So to elicit the biological response, we have an optimal force level that we're looking to produce. Once we do that, and we elicit the proper biological response, we'll get predictable tooth movement. So at Invisalign for the past years, we've developed Invisalign G3 and G4 based on smart force technology. That smart force technology is virtual modeling, which appears in the diagram on the left, a computer software program, which determines forces and moments produced on every tooth in the arts. It allows us to 
do our, all of our development design work in the virtual world. And if you have a virtual model that you're using, you must always evaluate it with mechanical testing. And the photograph you see on the right, we have a force measurement apparatus which is developed here at a line. We can apply, uh, insert different aligners onto the test equipment, and that measures the force distance absolutely as fabricated in the liner, just as the aligner you would receive in your practice. So the process itself is to do virtual modeling. Once we uh, design exactly what we're looking for, then we can go ahead and test it and validate it on the mechanical tester. Any, any uh, feature design from G3 or G4 that passes this type of testing has a very high potential then when it gets into the clinical testing facet that it will have a good clinical outcome. Now, I think we can agree that material selection is one of the most important selections that's, that's being made in terms of delivering force within the biological range. I think uh, orthodontists in general uh, know what types of materials that they use, and they select those materials to provide proper force. So I'm going to review a few of those materials that have been used throughout the years. Stainless steel. You know, wires made of stainless steel. Stainless steel is very stiff material. One has to go through different cross-sections of that material as the, uh, as the treatment is working through. You start with very small cross-sections, change the arch wires, go to smaller cross-sections, and finally end with a larger cross-section. Stainless steel is very shiny, very metallic, and not very aesthetic. Once again, the goal is to produce proper biological force. And in that, there's a development called titanium molybdenum, a different alloy. TMA wires produce lower force in larger cross-sections. The goal of TMA wires to produce low biological forces throughout the tooth movement. Chromium cobalt were developed. These are very high, shiny surface uh, alloys. They allow brackets to slide along them quite well, providing for better treatment outcomes. There were braided wires. Braided wires are very small cross-section steel. The braid itself, the goal, low continuous force in terms of orthodontic tooth movement. Fiber reinforced composites were developed. Fiber reinforced composites are the composite material strengthened with the fiber. What was the goal of fiber reinforced composites? Low continuous force and aesthetics. Aesthetics is a very important part of orthodontic treatment. Patients don't want to look worse during the treatment. Aesthetics is very important in today's marketplace. Nickel titanium alloys came into the market. Nickel titanium alloys in about a 50-50 percentage or so, they have a, a property known as super elasticity, meaning fewer arch wire changes while the tooth is leveling, while the arch is being formed. Nickel titanium shape memory alloys move over a very large range of movement and produce low biological force. So we know the goals. It's plastic. Plastic has now been developed, which provides low continuous force for orthodontics, and obviously this is what Invisalign is comprised of. So we'll be investigating different plastics. I will actually show how we determine the material properties and how our new SmartTrack material measures up as the plastic. Perfect aesthetic, clear, very clear, and good low continuous force. So the goal of innovation in materials is improved control of tooth movement. This is exactly what we're trying to accomplish. A material and an appliance design, features and a fundamental material that can control tooth movement. We also need excellent aesthetics during the treatment. That's the goal for our material. So what are we actually looking for? Delivery of gentle constant force. 
Now, there are material properties that allow us to get a low, gentle, constant force. Material stiffness. We have to, the material has to be comprised of the right material. Stainless steel is very strong. In the dimension of, of an aligner, much too strong. So we need a material that has the proper stiffness to it. We have to have low material stress relaxation. Plastics change their structure. They change their morphology throughout time. And in that, we must control it, control the stress relaxation so that it produces proper force throughout the tooth movement. Must have high elasticity, meaning it must return to its original shape. We also need our external aligner fit. And this comes to a property called formability. Our aligners are thermoformed. And in thermoforming, they must have an accurate fit, good precision to the shape of the tooth and the shape of the attachment as appears in the photograph. It has to have excellent aesthetic during treatment. Patients have told us that. They're very happy with the Invisalign product in that it's clear, and many times people don't even know you're wearing your client. But it has excellent patient comfort, and the smart draft material has a lower insertion force to it than others, and in that, it's easier to insert and remove and much more comfortable for the patient. So how do we actually determine these material properties and set them? So what we have is uh, in the diagram and the photograph that you see, it's an inside machine which stretches the material. We have to take a sample of the material and stretch it, and we measure the force that's being produced while it stretches. The photograph on the right, you can see a small piece of plastic in the shape of a dog bone, it's called a dog bone. We stretch it, it produces force, we measure it, and then we return it back to its original, uh, original position. And in bringing it back to the original position, we measure the force as well. It must produce force throughout that entire range. If it does not return to its original shape, it's not a very good property for a, a, for a plastic aligner. It's as we measured with the smart track. Now, plastic change structure with time. This is a property known as stress relaxation. So in the, in the graph that you see there, when the aligner is inserted, it produces a fairly high force. Throughout time, it drops considerably over the first day, and then it produces a fairly constant force throughout the rest of the 14-day period. They change structure with time, and they absorb water intraorally. Absorbing water changes a bit of the structure of the molecules, and as it does that, it reduces in force value. We need to control the force value throughout the 14-day period, so we need to control stress relaxation, and we need to control water uptake. This has been done. Smart track has a lower insertion force. The diagram on the, the left part of the diagram shows you that smart track material, the blue line, starts at producing a lower force than the standard aligner materials do. This is an excellent property to have for an aligner. It means it's easier for the patients to insert and remove. There's less force applied when it's initially when it's initially inserted. And you'll notice also that the blue line is fairly horizontal. It produces constant force throughout the 14-day period, more so than the standard aligner material, which, as you can see in the diagram, drops off. There's another property that's essential, high elasticity. In the ClinCheck, there's a prescription for tooth movement. You want that one aligner to produce movement throughout the entire programmed, uh, program movement of the tooth. So if you took two materials, notice in the diagram, it says standard aligner material on the left, and smart track. If we took those loops, a plastic, uh, a plastic or elastic circle made of the standard aligner material, and we stretch it out to the right-hand side where it says stretched, 
two materials stretched to the same amount won't return to the same location. They don't produce force to the same amount of distance. The top one, standard line of material, stretched out and comes back through the red line only to the position that you see in the blue. Our new smart track material, when stretched to that same distance, returns to closer to its shape. It moves, producing force, to a greater distance. This elasticity is an excellent property to have and is in the smart track material. Now, I think most of us are familiar with the nickel titanium uh, force displacement curve. If you take a piece of nickel titanium wire and you elevate it to the elevation of a bracket and lock it in, it goes up the orange line. As you're stretching it, it produces force. You stretch it all the way and insert it at the end of the orange on the right. You release it into the bracket. It now produces force that reduces slightly and then maintains itself constant as the piece is moving back into the arc. Fairly constant force. Notice also on the left, the curve returns back to zero, meaning that all of the displacement, all the motion that you put into it, it returns back. This is a goal that we would have for a plastic material from which we build an aligner. So there's the super elastic nitide curve. This is the part that when the wire is locked into the tooth, into the bracket, it returns constant force, the horizontal part in the middle, and back to the zero. Also on the diagram is a conventional aligner plastic curve. Notice it has a lower insertion force to it. However, it does not return back to zero. These are standard plastics that are used for aligners. Once again, that standard conventional aligner plastic that is on the curve here, and notice where the smart track is. It has a lower insertion force to it. On the right, you can see that. And it returns back further through the displacement. It returns back to its original uh, original location more so than the conventional aligner plastic. From this property, we can expect that the smart track material will accomplish more of the program movement stage by stage that's requested in your prescription in Crimcheck. Lower insertion force. A highly formable material can be thermoformed more precisely to conform to the tooth morphology, to the attachments, and the interproximal spaces. Excellent thermoforming is essential in terms of making aligners. And you'll notice in the diagram here, on the active surface of the attachment, it conforms very, very precisely to it and very precisely to the shape of the tooth. What this allows us to do is have controlled contact between the aligner and the tooth, thereby imparting more consistent force. There's another photograph which can demonstrate the formability. If you take blue gel, and if you form it between, you place it between the aligner and the tooth, where the blue gel remains, there had to have been a space between the aligner and the tooth surface. So darker blue represents more gel. Notice that the aligner that's on the dentition in the left is very dark blue. The aligner doesn't fit that well. It didn't thermoform that well. Smart track material on the right, nowhere near as blue. It's much lighter. There's more white. There's more intimate contact between the aligner and the tooth surfaces. From that, we get better contact, better delivery of force to the attachment surfaces and the surfaces of the teeth. From this, we can predict better treatment outcomes to better predictability of tooth movement. The smart track material is more comfortable to wear and insert and remove. And this was found through a survey of many of the doctors and patients that wore them. Two out of three of the doctors, of the pilot doctors, report that smart track is more comfortable to wear and easier to insert and remove. 
It's very aesthetic, and its clarity is similar to our previous Invisalign material. So a pilot study was done for clinical, clinical outcomes. Of 1,015 patients treated with Align who's fabricated with smart track material, the progress tracking impressions were, were uh, made, and at month five, we tested to see how many patients were on track. And we can see that the smart track material on the right, that patients on track, was greater than those of the previous aligner material, the conventional aligner material. So by treating patients with smart track, more patients are on track, more teeth are tracking as they should be throughout the treatment plan. And this is a statistically significant result at a P of 0.001, which is highly statistically significant. Is the two materials are not equivalent. Smart track is much better in terms of tracking. We also measured for control with anterior extrusion. The graph on the left, you can see that extrusion of the upper anterior teeth. The red dot on the left, that's the mean value of conventional aligner material for anterior extrusion. Notice that the smart track, the green dot on that left diagram, is at a higher value. Smart track was able to accomplish predictable anterior extrusion more so than the conventional aligner material and it is a statistically significant result again. And on the right, you can see it's extrusion for the lower, lower anterior teeth, and the concept is the same. The data shows the same. The mean predictable movement for extrusion of the lower anterior teeth is greater with smart track. We also measured control of rotation, and the study shows statistically significant improvement in control of rotation. So we have better extrusions, we have better rotations. The graph there is the red dot for the mean. Notice up and to the right to the green, smart track has a higher mean achieved predictable movement for rotation. Same for upper canines, diagram on the left, and lower canines, the diagram on the right. What I'm demonstrating is we have more predictable extrusions and more predictable rotations, higher accomplished movements. This is what we're looking for in a liner. Smart track is a superior uh, material. So in summary, the study shows significant improvement in control of tooth movements, highly statistically significant. We achieve this through balanced material properties for improved performance. SmartTrack delivers gentle, more constant force. It's a highly elastic material which provides a longer working range, meaning it accomplishes more of the ClinChef program movement tooth by tooth, stage by stage. It demonstrates improved aligner fit, meaning that it provides more consistent delivery of force, more consistent contact between the aligner and the tooth surfaces and the attachments. It has more, and it's more comfortable to wear, and it's easy to insert and remove for the patient. These are excellent properties to have in a, in a material, and SmartTrack demonstrates them all. The second study that was done with Invisalign Full and Invisalign King. There are 54 orthodontists from North America and our international markets that treated patients. Over 375 uh, patients were treated with smart traps, and the cases varied in difficulty. And in the diagram, you can see one of the patients wearing one of the smart trap aligners demonstrating its clarity. Now, what I'd like to do is hand the presentation over to Dr. Clark Caldwell. Uh, he was one of the doctors in the study, and he will share with you his clinical observations for smart traps. Thank you very much, John. 
Well, I'm very pleased to share with you some of the clinical observations of the Spark Track material uh, from the patients that were treated in the pilot study in my office. We treated nine patients in my office. Of those nine patients, six were teen patients and three were adult patients. There were varying degrees of difficulty of these patients in all three planes of space. We had some patients with high mandibular plane angles, a little bit lower mandibular plane angles. Um, we also had some patients with crossbites. We had patients with um, different attributes. So it was a very good mix of patients, I think, for the number that we had. One common thing that most of the patients had was moderate to severe rotations and anterior crowding. The second thing that was common to a group of patients was spacing and crossbites. In these patients, four of the nine patients were required to wear elastics as a part of their treatment, and I think that's a fair representation of the way we treat patients overall with aligners. And for every one of these patients, the treatment was initiated in June of 2011. So that's the sample of patients that we used for this pilot study. So I'm, I'm going to start out and talk about the physical properties. Um, the physical properties of the material, first and foremost, as you hold it in your hand, is that the material feels somewhat flexible. Just a little bit more flexible than the regular material that we're used to in our practices. And if you twist it in your hand back and forth, it was slightly noticeable. Now, I was looking for those differences, so it was something that I was able to tell the difference. I think when, if somebody wasn't told about that, it wouldn't be something that was very obvious, but I could see a difference in the flexibility of the material. The clarity of the material, or the color, I think is exactly the same as the original material. If you put two aligners side by side, one being the smart track material and one being the mirror material, I don't think a patient or myself could perceive the difference in the color of the material itself. Another very important feature that we look at is the finish and trim of the margins of the aligners. And one thing that we want to make sure, especially if we're going to change to any type of material, is the finish very smooth and even. And I think you can see in the bottom picture, this is a sample of a patient that has an aligner in that's just being placed, and you can see that the trim is very smooth and even in the interproximal areas. I think John mentioned the formability and how it goes better into interproximal areas. Well, that's also a challenge for trimming aligners, and the same very nice finish and trim was noticed on the smart track aligner material as it is for the original material. So what we look at next is clinical observations in terms of insertion and removal of the aligners. And that's a challenge. Uh, we know with the old material, or the material that we're currently using, that if we have long clinical crowns, that can be a very big challenge for getting aligners in and out. Um, many times we put aligners in and we have a lot of difficulty getting those out for those long clinical crowns. And because of the elasticity of this material, we noticed a very big difference that it wasn't as difficult getting these either to fit over the teeth or get them out. Another area that you could have difficulty with inserting and removing aligners is when you have missing teeth. I think in the picture here you can see how very often with missing teeth you'll see teeth tipped into the extraction site and that creates an undercut which is a place where the more stiff aligner material would really capture that undercut and have a difficult time coming out. With the smart track material we noticed that that wasn't nearly as big of an issue. It could fit in around those areas and be removed much better. In patients that I treat, it's not uncommon as the difficulty of the patient goes up that you see more and more attachments applied to the teeth. And I think that's what you're seeing in this example here, is that you have a patient who requires a lot of attachments. 
I think that's going to be a trend with, that we'll see more often with more attachments being available and starting to treat more and more difficult patients. With the older material, what we would see is that you could have so many attachments that an aligner would be extremely difficult to remove, and sometimes we would make clinical decisions not to place all the attachments that we had prescribed because of the difficulty of removal. With the smart track material, the removal and the ability to take them off around multiple attachments, I think, is going to be a big plus in our clinical practices. Now let's talk about the fit of the aligners, specifically the interproximal fit of the smart track material. There's two main areas that I would be concerned about, and I saw big, big differences with this smart track material. And one of them is in overlap teeth. So if you look here on the screen, on the lower bicuspid, you see an overlapping between the first and second bicuspid. And that creates an area where in our previous material, because the formability wasn't quite as good as the new material, it wouldn't completely capture those undercut areas, especially on small teeth. You know, they would fit into those areas, but it's important to capture as much of that crown anatomy as possible. With the smart track material, we noticed that that material would go right into areas like this that have overlap teeth, and that's something that we want to see clinically is, is capturing as much of the surface of the teeth as we possibly can. If you look at the cuspid and the lateral on that same side, you'll notice that we have two very different torques on those teeth, and also a large undercut created by the lateral. In instances like this, we would have trouble inserting the initial aligner while the teeth were very out of shape, and sometimes as we put the initial aligner on with the older material, we would see that the material would deform, and it really wouldn't capture that interproximal area very well. With the smart track material, that's not been our experience. What I've seen is that the aligner material goes over those teeth very easily and captures that interproximal area completely. So we're very happy with what we're seeing in terms of the fit of the aligners, especially at the start of cases where you have issues such as this. So the patient response has also been very good in our practice. We've noticed when we're delivering the aligners initially and we're going over instructions with the patient, how to insert and remove the aligners, they can very easily get the aligners in and out. And it's, at, and it's at those times when you're delivering that very first aligner that you have the biggest challenge because that's when the teeth are the most out of alignment. So we've noticed as we saw these patients that with the smart track material, not only did the material fit the teeth better, but it was also easier for them to insert and remove. Now we're going to talk about removal later on and how important it is to be careful when you're removing these. But we still use the same techniques, going from the very back, inside to the outside, and the patients found that very easy to do. On top of this, the patients found the comfort of the aligners to be very good, and of course, the bottom line is, is it producing results? And the patients don't have a way of comparing the previous material to the current material, but what we can gauge clinically is, are the patients noticing that the aligners aren't fitting the teeth? Do they come in and bring that to your attention? And with this material, we had very little of that, almost none, that I can remember in these patients. So we're very happy with what we're seeing in terms of the results that we're getting in these patients. So at the initial delivery, there are a few things that specific to the new material that I think we should talk about. Number one, it does have a different feel to it. As you're starting to deliver and put the aligners over the teeth, it's almost like the aligner material wants to glide over the teeth, and then it, as it glides over the teeth and it goes over the highest part, it seems like the aligner material really tries to grab the teeth and go into the undercuts. 
So that gliding sensation is something that's very different from the aligner material that we have now, which many times we have to use quite a bit of force to get that in. And in the previous aligner material, there were certain ways that the aligners had to go in. Sometimes getting around crowded teeth, it was very difficult to insert them. With this material, we just didn't see many of those problems. So I think it's definitely different in the initial delivery. And then again, we talked about how easy they were to remove. Well, how's it working after being in the mouth for two weeks? Well, this is also very exciting for us because at the subsequent visits, when they came back, we would see that the aligners were fitting the teeth exceptionally well, and the teeth appeared to be tracking much better. The most significant thing we noted, of course, is to look at rotated teeth, because rotated teeth are something that a lot of attention is paid to. We have specific attachments that are needed, and we would want to see how well do the attachments fit into the material. And it was really amazing, because we would see the, the optimized attachment fully fitting into the aligner material and adapting very well. On top of that, we noticed that we had very few cracks and no broken aligners. And I said very few, we had none. So that's the one thing that, that was exciting to see is we weren't having any problem with aligner breakage. In this particular group of patients, I spoke earlier about nine particular patients. I want to let you know some things about using this material. Number one, we don't have to make any changes in the ClinCheck protocol. So whatever your technique and what things you do in clean test, you can keep doing those same things. You don't have to make any changes because of the material. So when you're reviewing a clean test, the fact that you have a new material is not important at all. The other thing that's real important is it doesn't change anything clinically for us. You know, as we introduced the new material in, the staff did not have to go over any special techniques or have any different discussions with the patient. Everything remained exactly the same. So incorporating the material was absolutely no problem in the practice. The nice thing was in this group of patients, we had 100% completion for all the, all the aligners that were delivered. And by that, we had 329 aligners that were delivered to this group of nine patients. All 329 were delivered, and all of them were completed to the point that they would start case refinement. So at the point we're at right now, the patients that you're going to see in this study, with the exception of one, are all in case refinement, and that's a routine part of the way I treat patients in my practice. Um, it's not to be seen as, as the teeth not tracking as they originally planned. It's what we do in our practice. We do the initial series of aligners, then we move on to case refinement. So in particular, a couple of things that we want to look at and I want to talk about is crowding and rotations. So we have one team patient that I think is a really good example of exactly this. This particular balance presents a couple of challenges. We've got small bicuspids, not a lot of anatomy to work with. We've got rotated lateral incisors. We've got arch form issues. And um, we've got all the things together that make for sometimes what could be a very challenging case. So I thought this was a great one to test the material. And as you can see here, we'll go through the series of aligners. You can appreciate this at eight weeks. We've done some IPR on the upper right cuspid. And you can see a pretty large number of attachments across all the anterior teeth. And as we move further on, you see at 28 weeks where we see attachments on a number of teeth. And this is at 42 weeks where we were at the end of the initial series of aligners. And at the end of that initial series of aligners, I think we have an excellent art form. Upper rotations on the laterals are gone. The arch is expanded in the premolar area. The rotation of the upper right second bicuspid has uh, corrected very well. 
So I think we had a very challenging scenario with this patient, and the chief adaptation to the aligners was just fantastic. When we look at the clean check specifically to look at where we initially were and where we planned to be, um, this is what you're seeing on the screen right now. You can appreciate the amount of IPR that was done in this particular case. And what I've overlaid is the final picture of the, at the end of this first series of aligners. And I think you can see that we've reached very closely to exactly what the clean check would have predicted. So we're very happy with what we're seeing in the transverse dimension. We're also very happy with what we're seeing in terms of achieving the art form and the rotation corrections on these teeth. So let's take another team who presented a different set of problems, and this team's problems were anterior crossbite of the upper right tested, and specifically some torque issues between the upper two central incisors. We also have the scenario we talked about earlier where we have overlap teeth, severely overlap teeth. And I think a big difference between the smart track material and how it was able to adapt around those anterior teeth was very significant in the final result that we achieved on this one. So what we're going to see is moving through the series of aligners here, and we can see how the cross sites beginning to be corrected, the anterior teeth are being unraveled. And again, here we are when we get to the end of the first series of aligners. And I was very impressed at how well the upper central incisors had very consistent torque between the two teeth. And of course, the test had moved out of crossbite, which shows us that we've got good control of the transverse dimension with the aligner material. Um, this particular patient is in case refinement at this time, and I'm looking forward to see the finish on this. So let's look at the clean check here. In this clean check, we can see the upper arch shows the overlap of the teeth, and it shows where the aligners, the final arch shape at the end, and we overlay the teeth, and we can see once again that the arch form and arch shape has been produced very well. So here's one patient that we have completed. This was an adult who had a combination of spacing of the anterior teeth and also a very slight open bite. The cause of this was very likely the tongue pushing against the teeth, and so the plan was to retract the teeth and close the spaces, also resulting in re uh, closing the open bite. I took a picture of the very final aligner because I was very impressed at how well they fit at the end. So this is after a series of aligners and after a uh, case refinement, and I removed all the attachments, and I thought, you know, I want to get a picture of this, but look at this, how well the adaptation is of the aligner material on the incisal edges of the upper and lower teeth. And this is very consistent of what I saw across most of the patients. I mean, at the last stage of the aligners, the aligner just fits very well over the, over the incisal edges of the teeth. So, one, I'm just very pleased to see that. Here's what we have in terms of what the clean check was expecting to produce. We see the overbite developed, we see the, the spacing closed, and a number of attachments on the teeth. And then when we overlay the final position of the teeth, we see almost an exact copy of where the clinset plan expected it to be. Currently, this patient is in the bare retainer. So, a particular concern for anybody doing Invisalign is small teeth. Small teeth create problems because there's not enough mesial dis distal uh, space for the rotations to be correctly uh, aligned, and especially on the lower end to the teeth are places we would see this. So this is an adult patient who demonstrates that scenario. 
You'll, you'll look down at the lower incisors. You can see small widths to the lower incisors, pretty significant crowding, and we've also got some root alignment and torque that needs to be taken care of down here. So this was, to me, a particular challenge to see how well the aligner material would produce. So here we are at 24 weeks, and here we are at 40 weeks when we were at the end of the initial series of aligners, and I think this is very impressive. So we've got very good alignment of the lower incisors. Again, the aligner material fit very well throughout this. And I wanted to put on the clean check here so you could take a very close look at how this was done. And in particular, notice between the lower right central and the lower right lateral incisor. You'll notice the difference in the torque between the, those two teeth. So not only did we have a significant change in the rotations on these teeth, but we also had a significant change in the torque between those two teeth. And if you watch how that plays out and look at the end and then compare that to where we are, I think you'll be very impressed at what a good job the aligner material did of aligning these teeth not only in rotational control but also the torque control. The way we look at this clinically is we look at the consistency along the lingual gingival margin of the teeth. And I think you can really appreciate what a good job the aligner material did in really correcting the torque on those teeth. So again, this is a patient who is in case refinement. This was the end of the first series of aligners. So another scenario that was presented to us was um, a patient that came in with a bilateral posterior crossbite. Because of the vertical orientation of the teeth in the upper arch, we decided that the plan would be to first do a rapid towel expander to get some arch width that way and then follow with Invisalign. So what you're seeing on the screen here is a comparison between the initial and then the day that we removed the RPE. This is also the day that we went in and, and took the impressions for the aligners to be delivered. So that's what was sent in. And then this is the clean check that was developed. Now the thing about this is what we're asking the aligner material to do is to close the spaces and recapture some of the art form back. And if you'll watch very closely as they play through, I think you'll see that the material performed very well. So this was 32 weeks, and again, at the end of the initial series of aligners. We have excellent alignment of the teeth, the spaces are closed, and I think the art form is very well matches what we asked it to do in the clean check. So we're going to go back to aligner removal. We talked about that earlier. I think with this material, it has a possibility that it could be abused because it comes out so easily when you're following this technique. And what we want to make sure is that the correct technique is followed, and that is that we remove the aligners from the inside out, removing one side first, and once it's pulled down and away from the teeth, do the same procedure on the other side. And then as you push outward, it will dislodge in the back. Then you can reach forward up in the anterior teeth and remove the aligner material. And again, the reason for doing this is because the material is more elastic, the patient could get the perception that they can take it off on one side and just rip it off all the way to the other side, and we don't want them doing that because even though the material is more flexible and it's a little bit more elastic, it still could be distorted or broken if it's abused. So we don't want it abused. We just want them removing them the correct way. So in conclusion, the smart material in our practice has been something that I can't wait to get across all my patients. So I'm really looking forward to it. And the main things we're seeing are improved tracking, definitely easier to insert and remove, 
I think it allows for more extensive use of attachments. And to translate that, it's going to allow us to do more difficult cases. I'm going to feel more confident as a clinician knowing that if I need more attachments because the case is more difficult, that this material is going to keep track of those attachments and produce better results. Improved clinical predictability. When it comes down to it, that's what it's all about. What we want to do is when we accept a ClinCheck, we want to know it's going to produce what we see on the screen in the clinic. And that's what this material's done. And again, just a reminder, there's no changes in the ClinCheck protocols or the clinical protocols, and that's a big plus. Patient acceptance has been great. Patients clearly in this study didn't know the difference between materials because they weren't given the original material. But the fact that they come in with fewer complaints and are very happy that they see their teeth fitting the aligners well is something that we like to see in our practices. And I'd like to leave you with this. This once again demonstrates Align's commitment to continual product enhancement and innovation. I think we've seen that over the last few years. Every year we're coming out with things to make the aligners more predictable, producing better results for our patients. And in the end, that's what we really want to do. So with that, I'll turn it back to you, Cooper. Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Colville. Now to close out the presentation portion of our program, let me ask John Morton to come back and tell us about some new attachments that expand upon features previously introduced with Invisalign G4. John? Thank you much again, Cooper. What we'll discuss now is the enhancements to Invisalign G4. I hope you recall that G4, G4 was introduced a few years back. Uh, on the screen, you will just see is root control attachments for the upper centrals, uh, thereby producing forces to move the teeth, and counter moments being produced on the second part of the attachment. You'll also recall that there are multi-plane attachments for moving the upper laterals. The diagram on the bottom right section, you'll see that there was a solution presented for closing anterior open bites, in which case we did multi-tooth anterior extrusion and pass those reaction forces to the posterior teeth. Most importantly, it introduced root control. And the last tooth that you see on the bottom right there, it shows a mechanical means of controlling the roots of the teeth. Invisalign does control the roots of the teeth and controls it very well. We're now introducing a solution for controlling roots on the upper lateral and the upper and lower first and second bicuspids. That's what I'll present to you now. So they're now engineered specifically uh, for the upper laterals and the bicuspids. We cannot take one system, one mechanical system, and place it on all teeth in the arch. The mechanical system that we use to produce the proper forces and moments must be designed specifically for each tooth in the arch and for its own morphology. That's what we've done. Now, the clinical applications for the root control attachments include space closures in the arch, space opening for, uh, to create space within the arch, mesodistal uprighting of the roots, and usually just a bodily movement, otherwise known as translation of the teeth. In controlling the proportion of the moments and the forces produced on these teeth, you can then control the type of tooth movement that you get and get better treatment outcomes. What you see in the diagram here is that there's a solution for the upper and lower bicuspids. The first solution we'll attempt to place in the teeth consists of two attachments on the buccal aspect of the teeth. In the diagram, you'll see that the two bicuspids are being distalized. So the two force vectors that are, on, that are on the attachment move it in a distal direction. The forces on the two other attachments 
actually produce the root to the root control the moment it's needed to control the root. This is a solution we'll attempt to place. If by chance the bicuspids are too small, if there's not enough tooth surface and we cannot place two attachments, we will actually use a pressure point, as was introduced in G4, a change in the shape of the aligner to push on the tooth to produce a proper calibrated force to move the tooth in a distal direction. That pressure point would cause the tooth to tip. So we must put an attachment on in order to put the counter moment on to control the root. So the logic flow is much like you would think in your practice. It is to place the two attachments on to get the best control of the tooth, that which we saw in G4 in the upper canines. If we do not have the real estate in order to place that on the tooth surface, then we'll place one pressure point and one attachment. Now on the upper lateral, the upper lateral is a very small tooth to begin with. There's very rarely enough room to place the two. So what we'll do in this case is we'll place up to two pressure points to produce the force to move the tooth along the arc. And you'll actually see that in the diagram. Once you put that force along the arc, that will have a tendency to tip the tooth. So we put an attachment on to produce the counter moment. Notice at least two points of force, perhaps three, to produce the proper force system to control the root with respect to the crown for the movement of the tooth. So most important, the question, how do I get the root control attachment? The way all of our attachments are placed is according to the program movement of the tooth that you prescribed in your clincheck. A software determines the movement of the tooth. If the root is moving greater than 0.5 millimeters along the arch, you will get root control attachments on the bicuspids, the uppers or the lowers, and on the upper, uh, upper laterals. They're customized for each patient's tooth morphology. They're specific for the tooth. They're customized orthodontics. The attachments are placed to avoid interferences from the opposing arch or other attachments or other teeth. We check that through every stage of treatment, very much in the logic flows that you would place other attachments or other appliances in your clinic. So, what to expect? When is SmartTrack available? And when are the G4 enhancements available? Please look at the screen and this will have the dates for you as to specifically when they'll be introduced and when they'll be available in your area or your country. Thank you.